Broadcasting Two live years ago, I... from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio show. Talk show. Two years ago, I wrote a song called Coal Miner's Daughter. And I know a little bit about this girl because I just happened to be that coal miner's daughter. Well, I was born to coal. Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Sam Bushman. Chris Carlson's with me, ladies and gentlemen. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. Freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Welcome to the broadcast and welcome Chris Carlson. Yes, Sam. I will go ahead and officially introduce that um, that introduction. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Wow. What what an example of lyrics, ladies and gentlemen, to think about. The lyrics she sang was incredible. We mourn the passage of a great American icon, Loretta Lynn. Chris? Yep. Um, Normally, I don't eulogize celebrities, Sam. However, Loretta Lynn is the exception to the rule. And I would say um, her companion in, in singing, uh, Dolly Parton, was probably up there with her. Uh, she came from a poor family in rural Kentucky. And her 1971 hit song, Coal Miner's Daughter, that she wrote herself. Sorry, Sam. I get emotional about these things. And I'm choking up right now. That's I'm not just pausing because I can't remember what I'm going to say. But it memorialized and romanticized her humble humble beginnings in the words that you just said and let me read some of those in case you didn't pick it up in a cabin i'm sorry sam um in a cabin on a hill in butcher holler we were poor but we had love that's the one thing that daddy made sure of he shoveled coal to make a poor man's dollar I'm so sorry, Sam. This takes me back to a bygone era in American life where we enjoyed the simpler things and we were close to God when we 
we eulogized and we we glorify God and reading his scriptures and and hard work and reliance on each other and reliance on God. I mean, it just, and she was 90 years old, Loretta Lynn was, and she stuck with her husband for 48 years, Sam, and her husband wasn't uh, a paragon of righteousness, unfortunately, but uh, they were married when Loretta Lynn was 15 years of age. They had four children before her, her big break in 1960. So she was 28 years old before she even uh, hit the country music scene. Scene. Um, she had a number one country hit, hit Honky Tonk Girl. Uh, she credits her husband, Oliver Doolittle Lynn, the one that I just referred to. And I don't mean to glorify philandering and drinking, but he was a philanderer and he was a drinker. Unfortunately, but again, as I as I mentioned, they were together for 48 years, almost 50 years, were they together? And when she, when he passed away in 1996, he loved him so much that he wrote a song memorializing their relationship, as tumultuous as it may have been. So, and I don't mean to spend too much time on celebrities. Like I say, I don't memorialize. Nah, but we do. But we do want to take time to focus on what they stood for. Uh, and who they were. While music at the time was focused on se- focusing on sex, drugs, and rock and roll, uh, she wrote from a different playbook. Chris? She... Sorry, Sam. She did. And like I said, I'm not much of a country music fan, but I am. A, I do listen. Most of my music that I listen to comes from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, and that's when music was pure. A lot of it I listen to, I admit, does not have the the most wholesome lyrics. But uh, you could be guaranteed, if you're listening to Loretta Lynn, you're listening to pure Americana. And she loved God. She she loved her country. She loved her husband. In spite of his flaws, and she loved life. She loved life, and she lived life. She had six children total uh, during her lifetime. She wrote a song called One's on the Way, and while she recognized, I mean, she she herself was a celebrity from from 1960 on. She was recognized in the country music industry as as this great songwriter because she wrote her own songs, and she sang them. She had a beautiful voice, but she also raised a family, Sam, and that's something that you don't see a whole lot of among celebrities today and she loved her family so much she loved her children she loved her husband and while she was uh, watching the news uh, about the glamorous lifestyle of celebrities like Raquel Welch and she mentions a Debbie in this song I'll just read those lyrics I don't know if you've, you've queued up that song it's called One's on the Way it's one of my favorite songs ever I got it queued up says, come out of the next segment Raquel. but you can introduce the lyrics in advance my friend okay but basically what the song does, it's a, it's a contrast song. So she's watching the news as she's raising her kids in Topeka, Kansas. And she's talking about Ra- Raquel Welch just signed a million-dollar pack and Debbie's out in Vegas working up a brand-new act. While the TV show on Newlyweds, that's the Newlywed game that she's referring to, a real fun game to play. But then she contrasts that with her mundane day-to-day raising children lifestyle. But she says, here in Topeka, the screen doors are slamming. The coffee is a boiling over the wash needs a hanging. One wants a cookie and one wants a change in. And one's on the way. 
Sorry. I'm... <clears throat> while while other people are being memorialized and glorified because of their glamorous lifestyle, she's memorializing and glorifying the mundane day-to-day lifestyle of a mother and a wife. And I just think that's great. And I wish... I wish we would focus on the more important things in life, which are raising children. I would like to announce, by the way, Sam, I'm new, I am a first-time new grandfather as of yesterday. And I just want to say how proud I am to have my first grandson born in Dallas, Texas, to my oldest daughter and my son-in-law and my wife's out there helping to tend to that, that new miracle that's been brought into this world and Maybe that's why I'm so emotional, but I, I apologize. So we'll go ahead and listen to that Once on the Way song. And uh, I just wish more celebrities uh, enjoyed and appreciated the more simple things in life, like raising kids and, and being a 48-year uh, wife to their husband that they married when they were 15 years of age. And I know that's pretty young, and I'm not promoting that, but, you know, that's that's what they did back then. You know, one so of the things about we, country uh, music, Chris, that's important to understand is country music is about storytelling. Country music is about life yes. and life's experiences. And I'm not all for the drinking songs and the drug songs and the cheating songs and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I am for storytelling and I am for realism in life. You know, when you're Loretta Lynn and you're married to a, a husband that doesn't have the right moral values, uh, but you hang in there and have children and raise your children and love them, and you stand for what's right and you sing about uh, different things than the glorification of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, when you think about raising a family and a life that she was very familiar with, when you sing about her tumultuous, tumultuous marriage, tumultuous, wow, tumultuous, Married life. Uh, Her priorities were her family. Her priorities were God. She married at age 15. She had four children, ladies and gentlemen, before she ever became uh, important. Now, she credits her son, I'm sorry, her husband, uh, for helping her break out. He gave her a guitar and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know what, artists like Loretta Lynn, Dolly Parton, and others were able to convey great American values, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like hard work, right? Biblical teaching, yeah. loving and honoring your parents. Wow, this comes straight out of the Ten Commandments, ladies and gentlemen. Gratitude for what one has. Very rare in our society today. They want it all, and they want it all now, right? But you know what? Being grateful for what one has. Enjoying the simple things in life. Singing and glorifying hard work. You know what? They don't make music like that anymore, ladies and gentlemen. We are relegated to listen to the oldies to get that done. But we got to bring us back to a simpler, any more righteous period in American history. I'll tell you what she said when asked about traditional marriage. She said this in the mainstream, ladies and gentlemen. What guts? The quote in seconds. 
The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. The rain is a-fallin', the faucet is a-drippin', and the kids are a-ballin'. One of them a-toddlin', and one is a-crawlin', and one's on the way. I'm glad that Rockwell Welch just signed a million-dollar pact. And Debbie's out in Vegas workin' up a brand-new act. TV showing newlyweds a real fun game to play. But here in Topeka, the screen doors are banging, the coffee's boiling over, and the wash needs a hanging. One wants a cookie, and one wants a changing, and one's on the way. Now, what was I doing? Jimmy, get away from that darn Oh, yeah. So. In November. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. In 2010, in modern times, Loretta Lynn, in public, says, Chris? Well, she was asked uh, whether she believes in the importance of traditional marriage. And her answer was, and you can see her libertarian side coming out at the very end, but initially she says, I'm still an old Bible girl. 
because as you remember in the, the coal miner's daughter, she memorializes the fact that her mother, by a coal oil lamp, read the Bible to her and her siblings. But she says, God said you need to be a woman and a man. And then here's her libertarian side, but everybody to their own. So, and I agree with that, Sam. I agree 100% with that. Obviously, ladies and gentlemen, know, that God is the Adam American way, right? Yeah, it's the American way. Um, you know, God made a man to be a man, and he made a woman to be a woman. And we should never confuse those roles. And that's what made America strong, and that's why we are still, uh, you know, for the most part, strong as a nation. But we are dwindling fast because we're confused about those roles. Anyway, and that's Loretta Lynn, and she was a genuine human being. And she never, ever became a part of the celebrity scene that she, you know, sang about in that song. You know, I, I think she, she was able to relate to both sides of life, the mundane day-to-day, being a wife, being a mother. And then, you know, obviously she had her celebrity, celebrity friends that she was able to relate to as well because she was, in fact, a very famous and very beloved celebrity. But, uh, and I, um, I think that if she were, you know, we were able to meet her, Sam, that she would act like our next-door neighbor. She wouldn't put on airs, and she wouldn't think that she's more important than anybody. That's just the type of person that she was. So I listen to country music. Uh, to a degree, but I usually limit that to people like Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton, who I think falls under that same category. And uh, I would like to eulogize and memorialize her life and her music as a great American icon and say, rest in peace, Loretta Lynn. May your works here on earth follow you throughout the eternities. So God bless Loretta Lynn. And ladies Sorry. and gentlemen, I want you to understand what, what the issue is here that we focus on. I listen to a lot of country music, and I realize there's a lot of drinking and fighting and melting down and, and everything. Uh, you know, they joke and say, what do you get when you play a country song backwards? And you get your dog back, you get your house back, you get your first and second wives back, you get your, you know. <laughs> and it's it's funny, but, you know, in all seriousness, there's a lot of good, I mean a ton of good um, country songs about camping, about love, about families, even modern-day songs uh, to a great degree are good. I mean, there's one song by Kesney Chesney called The Good Stuff, and it starts out, and he gets in a fight with his wife. So he's heading around aimlessly, and he sees a bar, and he walks in, man. He said, you know what? what? What will it be? And the guy says, man, I want the good stuff. So the bartender reaches around and grabs a jug of milk, pours the guy some milk, and they have a great conversation. And there's a photo, and he learns about, hey, the bartender used to be an alcoholic, but he quit drinking for his love, for his wife. And she died uh, from cancer or whatever, and he misses her. But his son, getting married. And so they talk, and the good stuff is you got to go back home to her, dude. You can't just drink. you got to go and drink milk and, and talk with a friend. And an hour passes, and they talk about the things that matter most in life. Pretty soon the guy tells him you know what you got to go home and tell her you're sorry you got to love her you got you know what go home and work it out man so the bartender literally gives him a glass of milk in this song okay it, there's a lot of good country music out there folks you just got to learn how to find it and uh you know cameron our producer doesn't like country music because he thinks it's just tearing your beer cry stuff and a lot of it is i agree but a lot of it's really good and so i make it this challenge where i I send my friends these country songs that have these incredible lyrics. And to, to whenever I send one to Cameron, he listens to it and he goes, man, 
That one's all right. I like that one. See, and so you just got to learn to find what's good in life. And the reason I'm spending time on this is because that's really the point. When we say rest in peace, Loretta Lynn, you know what? We're not talking about a rock star here. Uh, we generally don't u- eulogize, u- wow, eulogize celebrities. That's true. But in this case, we make an exception because of what they taught for or taught about when the most popular music is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But you find somebody, um, you know what? We need to kind of speak out about what we want, what we believe in, what we focus on, right? So there you have it, folks. Yeah, it's really I... important to understand this stuff. It's understand that, you know what? Great American values are really what we're talking about here. So we're not really focusing on rock stars. We are focusing on the fact that they don't make music like that anymore for the most part. You know what? we got to look at the oldies to get a lot of them. But there's some today still, and we need to seek them out and find them and share them and encourage them. Think about in 2010, you're asked about, hey, the importance of marriage. Your husband's a snake and a bad guy, but yet, you know, you say, I'm a, I'm a Bible girl, man. I believe that, we're, you know what? I'm a woman. He's a man. And man and woman are supposed to be together. That's God's plan. See, how, you know, how many are even willing to say that even if they believe that today? Very few. And that's what we're trying to bring back. That's what we're focusing on, Chris. Yeah, and I remember Dolly Parton in an interview, and I, I listened to this firsthand. I wish I could remember more of the context, but she was, she was asked a similar question. And she came right out and said, you know, I like men. <laughs> no, I'm not going to diss on men and criticize them and, you know, find all these idiosyncrasies. I like men. And that's what I like about a lot, a lot of country music performers. But I'm sure there are many more like Dolly Parton and Loretta Lynn out there. And, and you, like you said about some of those lyrics are, are pretty good. They're pretty clever. You know, like you, you were talking about all my tech, my, all my exes live in Texas. I, I've heard that song and I like that. Oh, by the way, I'll do uh, Kenny McChesney up uh, one. I've got, not only do I have milk in my refrigerator, Sam, I've got raw milk in my refrigerator. So, so I guess maybe I'm on the right track. Yeah, as far so as that here's, here's the Kenny Chesney I'm, song lyrics. Me and my lady had our first big fight. So I drove around till I saw the neon lights. A corner bar, and it just seemed right, so I pulled up. Not a soul around, but the old barkeep. Down at the end, looking half asleep. When he walked up and said, what'll it be? I said the good stuff. He didn't reach around for the whiskey. He didn't pour me a beer. His blue eyes kind of went misty. He said, you can't find that here. Because it's a first long kiss on a second date. Mama's all worried when you get home late. And dropping the ring. In the spaghetti plate, because your hands are shaking so much. <laughs> and it's the way that she looks with the rice in her hair. Eating burnt suppers the whole first year and asking for seconds to keep her from tearing up. Yeah, man, that's the good stuff. He grabbed the carton of milk and he poured a glass. And I smiled and said, I'll have some of that. We sat there and talked as an hour passed like old friends. I saw a black and white picture and it caught my stare. It was a pretty girl with bouffant hair. He said, that's my Bonnie. Taken about a year after we were wed. He said, I spent five years in the bar when the cancer took her from me. But I've been sober three years now. Because the one thing stronger than the whiskey was the sight of her holding my baby girl. The way she adored that string of pearls, 
I gave her the day that our youngest boy, Earl, married his high school love. And it's a new T-shirt saying I'm a new grandpa. Being right there as the time got small and holding her hand when the good Lord called her up. Yeah, man. That's the good stuff. He said when you get home, she'll start to cry. When she says, I'm sorry, say, so am I. And look into those eyes so deep in love and drink it up. Because that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. A federal court of appeals has put in place a temporary block on President Joe Biden's student debt forgiveness program after granting a stay Friday evening. The 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals sided with six Republican-led states that sued the administration. The court temporarily halted the program, which would have forgiven up to $10,000 in debt for eligible non-Pell Grant recipients until consideration of an injunction is completed. Chicago is facing a colder, snowier season than it's seen in years, according to forecasters. The culprit behind the weather is a classic La Nina pattern, which is expected to occur for the third year in a row, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. NOAA reports that Milwaukee, Detroit, and other cities in the Great Lakes region will likely be hit just as hard. Ukrainian forces bombarded Russian positions in the occupied and illegally annexed southern Kherson region, targeting resupply routes across a major river while inching closer to a full assault on one of the first urban areas Russia captured after invading the country. Five Nevada deputies were hospitalized after they were exposed to fentanyl during a drug bust carried out as part of a criminal investigation. The Douglas County deputies are all in stable condition and are being released from the hospital. This is USA Radio News. Think of everything you do to provide for your family. A home, food on the table, health care, vacations, and saving for your kids' education. It's all good as long as you're alive. But it's only a drop in the bucket of what they'll need if you die without life insurance. Buying term life insurance is not something you can afford to put off. Call the Term Lifeline now for the lowest possible rates on quality term life insurance. Term life rates are at all-time lows, and we can save you up to 70%. If you already have coverage, you could be paying too much. One call. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call 
to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Call 800-631-9123. 800-631-9123. That's 800-631-9123. Ladies and gentlemen, artists like Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton and others, you know what? They brought out the things that matter most in life. The American way, conveying great American values, hard work, biblical teachings, loving and honoring parents, gratitude for what one has, and enjoying the simple things in life. Now, I know I've repeated that a couple of times, but it's on purpose. I'm not just... uh, not realizing what I'm saying and repeating myself out of uh, ignorance. I'm intentionally driving those values home, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? That's what we got to remember, a more righteous period in our nation's history. That's critical. But sadly, ladies and gentlemen, this is a hard-hitting political talk show, and therefore we got to contrast this. There's communism out there, and it's been slowly but surely weaving its way into the fabric of the whole world. The United States, no exception. Our dear buddy, G. Edward Griffin. By the way, he has an event coming up November the 12th. I think it's the 12th and 13th. Uh, uh, anyway, redpillexpo.org, I think it is, or the, the redpillexpo.org. Um, it, it's in Salt Lake City. G. Edward Griffin. The guy's 90 years old and still tearing it up for the sacred cause of liberty. Dear friend of mine, we will be at his event uh, in Salt Lake City. We hope you go as well. Uh, meanwhile, he had an incredible interview with a uh, former communist, I guess you could say. I think you say his name, Yuri Bezanov, uh, who defected to the United States, who stood up for liberty. When he got a taste of freedom, he loved it. Uh, and Chris, you have the details of this incredible interview. Yes, it was it conducted in 1984. Uh, with, like you said, G. Edward Griffin, the author of Creature from Jekyll Island, which is a book that everybody should read. That was my, kind of my introduction into the banking system, um, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Anyway, 1984, he interviewed this former propagandist for the KGB. Uh, he talks about why he defected to the United States in 1970, Yuri Bezanov, as a high-ranking KGB officer because of moral indignation. And we'll talk about why he defected. Uh, and what made him morally indignant about um, some of the things that he was required to do as his KGB agent. But he starts off by saying uh, that uh, the Soviet Union was artificially propped up by the Western, well, by the West, specifically the United States. You know, throughout the um, the entire existence, even you know, even well, not really. Actually, it started uh, at the beginning of World War II where we literally gave them uh, war material throughout the entire war. And that was the, the excuse that we used, of course, was that he was fighting Nazism or that they were fighting Nazism. And um, ever since then, up until the so-called fall of the Soviet Union, we have been giving them money. Uh, we have been giving them grain and all sorts of other support. And he talks about that. And I think, Cameron, you've got that quote where he says that we need to quit, the West needs to quit giving the Soviet Union aid. Or you've got that video clip. 
But until and until this Soviet junta is being supported by the Western so-called imperialists, that is, multinational companies, establishments, governments, uh, and let's face it, uh, intellectuals, so-called academia in the United States is famous for supporting the Soviet system. Uh, as long as the Soviet junta will keep on receiving credits, money, technology, grain deals, and political recognition from all these traitors of democracy or freedom, uh, there is no hope, there is not much hope for, for changes in my country. And the system will not collapse by itself simply because it's, it's being nourished by so-called American imperialism. This is the greatest paradox in history of mankind when uh, capitalist world supports and actively nourishes its own destroyer, destructor. Hmm. I think you're trying to tell us something. Oh, yes. Country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the quote. So basically, Yuri Bezmenov, and he was intimately uh, aware of what the KGB was doing in foreign countries. And this whole time, they were feigning weakness so that they could get aid from the United States and other Western countries. And he, he, an idiot should know that you don't give your enemy material support. Why would you do that? But yet America, even under Ronald Reagan, for his eight-year term as president, continued to give the Soviet Union grain and money, thinking that, you know, if, if we just be nice to them, maybe they'll change their minds about oppressing their citizens and trying to convert the rest of the world to communism. Yeah, <laughs> the that lie. never worked. The lie about this, ladies and gentlemen, is this idea that, hey, if we lead by kindness and example, if we give them money and support, you know, they'll be uh, our friends and they'll be our. And it reminds me of the ultimate gift, the incredible movie. You know, Jason was this little punk kid and had a ton of friends. He was the rich, rich grandson. He had an endowment and plenty of money. And he had a bunch of friends. He had a girlfriend that was pretty and Wow. But then it came a challenge in his life, and he had to see if he had a real friend. And he didn't have a single friend. Uh, real friends are built on mutual yeah. respect, on respect for one another's values. Real friends are built on godly principles, ladies and gentlemen, not compromise. Well, this incredible uh, interview in 1984 talking about the four stages of uh, subversion, if you will, brought out by G. Edward Ideological Griffin, subversion. Our, our dear friend, G. Edward Griffin, um, he talked about why he defected to the United States, Chris. This is important to understand, too. Yeah. So that let's talk about that. Why did he defect to the United States? And this is extremely revealing uh, why he did, because he did have a conscience. I mean, he, he went along, you know, with his assignment. He was a, a privileged citizen of the Soviet Union because as a member of the KGB, obviously you don't live the same lifestyle that the rank-and-file citizen of the Soviet Union lives. You live a luxurious lifestyle. And he was stationed, when he defected, he was stationed in India. And uh, he was just going along recruiting people to the Soviet way, trying to Sovietize the country of India, and he was quite successful. Uh, he would bring um, dignitaries like um, like professional uh, athletes, professional actors and actresses and professors 
uh, to the Soviet Union. He would wine and dine them, and then he would send them back with instructions to basically do whatever they can to undermine traditional Indian society. But what happened is, um, and this was in 1970, at this juncture uh, in the interview, Yuri Bezmenov explains why certain ideologically-minded pro-Soviet journalists with which he was personally acquainted, Sam, were slated for execution. So up until this time, he didn't realize the magnitude of the work that he was doing. He didn't realize that eventually some of the people that he was working with intimately and with whom he was friends were ultimately going to be executed. <clears throat> Okay, and he says that the KGB decided that when counter-revolution, and now this, so, sometimes his English isn't that easy to understand, I'll, but I will read it word for word. He says the KGB, this is a quote, the KGB decided that when counter-revolution or drastic changes to the political structure in India, they will have to go because they know too much. Now, let me interpret that in my own English. There are certain ideologically minded people, we have millions of them here in America, who by end ideologically to socialism. They think it really is going to improve society in spite of the mountains and mountains of evidence throughout history that it doesn't. And he says that they will be the first people to go when revolution is implemented in their respective countries, Sam. It's not people like you and me that will go for it. I mean, eventually we will go if we don't go along with the plan. But it's these ideologues. And he, said, he goes on to say, you see, because the useful idiots, the leftists, who are idealistically believing in the beauty of the Soviet socialist or communist or whatever system, uh, when they get disillusioned, they become the worst enemies. That's why my KGB instructor specifically made the point, never bother with leftists. Are you hearing what I'm laying down here, Sam? This is amazing. The, the Absolutely, and it, and it really talks about the, the intentional subversion, folks. Do you know what ideologic, ideological subversion is? Okay, ideological means that, you know what? There's a set of ideas that they subscribe to and unify around. Okay, and that's why I spent so much time talking about the family values and the American principles that we used to rally around. That was our ideological belief system. Okay, and God, family, and country, the protection of life, liberty, and property, that's what we stick with, believe in, support, etc. But G. Edward Griffin brings out with this KGB bad guy that turns freedom lover. You know what? As long as we prop up the Soviet Union and these ideological subversions, we're in trouble. And the threat to family is a control mechanism. Alcohol is a control mechanism. There are more, the media being a control mechanism. We'll talk about it all in seconds on your radio. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, the shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2000mules.com. 2000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. 
Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Talking about an incredible interview back in 1984, conducted by our dear friend and freedom-loving American G. Edward Griffin, and he interviewed the former propagandist and KGB agent Yuri Bezanov. Okay, and this interview is shocking, ladies and gentlemen. He talks about why he defected to the United States in '77. He talks about, hey, you know what? 1970. I'm sorry, 1970. He talks about how he had his moral belief system just absolutely uh, scream at him and saying, you know what? You're trying to subvert the best country on the face of the earth. He got it. He understood and defected to the United States, ladies and gentlemen. But as long as the United States keeps propping up the Soviet system, it will prosper. Okay? Uh, And... This is very interesting to note, ladies and gentlemen. Jan Molina says, quote, can we say that the speech, quote, President Fakhlov Havel gave in the early 1990s to the U.S. Congress was nothing but a carefully prepared deception based on lies? Because this is what we're talking about. The United States is going along with this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and it is absolutely psychotic and satanic, but they're doing it in several different ways. Before we get to the three ways, though, the family, alcohol, and the media, uh, we want to play one of these clips so you hear in his own words, Chris. Yep. So, the, yeah, the clip, this is what put uh, Yuri Bezmanov over the top when he decided to defect. And by the way, defecting is not an easy thing to do. If they catch you, most likely you will be executed. So this was not an easy thing for him and his wife to do at the time, but he did it and he did it successfully. And I'm glad that he did because he was able to impart this very, very valuable information to us. So let's hear in his own words, the justification for his defection. Go ahead, Cameron. Being in New clip. Delhi, to my horror, I discovered that in the files where people were doomed to execution, there were names of, of pro-Soviet journalists with whom I was personally friendly. Pro-Soviet. 
Yes. They were idealistically minded leftists who uh, made several visits to USSR. And yet, the KGB decided that come revolution or drastic changes in political structure of India, they will have to go. Why is that? Because they know too much. Simply because, you see, the useful idiots, the, the leftists who are idealistically believing in the beauty of Soviet socialist or communist or whatever system, when they get disillusioned, they become the worst enemies. That's why my KGB instructors specifically made the point, never bother with leftists. Forget about these political prostitutes. Aim higher. This was my instruction. Try to get into... into uh, large circulation established conservative media, rich, filthy rich movie makers, intellectuals, so-called academic circles, cynical, egocentric people who can look into your eyes with angelic expression and tell you a lie. These are the most recruitable people, people who lack moral principles, who are either too greedy or too uh, suffer from self-importance. Uh, they feel that uh, they, they matter a lot. Uh, these are the people who KGB wanted very much to recruit. But or, to eliminate the others, to execute the others, don't they serve some purpose? Wouldn't they be no, the ones they, they rely they on? they serve purpose only at the stage of destabilization of a nation. For example, your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize a nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marxist-Leninists when they come to power. And that's what happened in Nicaragua. You remember most of these okay. uh, former <laughs> Marxist-Leninists? Wow, is that not prophetic? This, this, this interview was conducted in 1984. How long has that been? That's been over 30 years. Was not, yeah, over almost 40 years now. Wasn't, Sam, was that not prophetic? To, are, are not our academic... You could call it prophetic, uh, except for he knew the playbook from the, Soviets, from the Soviets and from the KGB because he was taught that propaganda. It took when he realized that his deceptive actions would result in mass murder, the Spirit of God bore witness to him that I cannot go down that road, I must change. And he then doubles down and explains... Yeah why he defected. Beznov defected because they know too much. Uh, in other words, he defected because he realized this con game, this, these lies and deceptions would eventually uh, destroy everything. And so he goes on. This is, a, 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 in my opinion, a riveting interview because he talks about the threat to the family as a control mechanism. Hey, all they got to do is threaten your family. Well, this guy defected, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so he was a very difficult thing to do, Chris. Yeah, so as a KGB agent, you all, and especially ones that are uh, stationed in foreign countries, and most of them are, uh, they're required to be married. And it's not because they care, you know, about your happiness. It's because, number one, he said, they want, and they want you to have children as well. Because now, not only can they threaten you and your life, they can threaten your wife and your children. So it's a blackmail mechanism. So they require marriage as KGB agents. And not only that, you know, 
you you can if your wife or you decide to defect, you know, there are two people that are can potentially tattle on you. So anyway, that that's that's why they required to be married. In fact, he was married three times. His first two wives were arranged. His second, his third wife was uh, his choice, and that's the one that he brought here to America eventually, as when he defected. <clears throat> so alcohol, uh, he mentions alcohol as a control mechanism. So when entertaining foreign dignitaries, and sometimes he would bring dignitaries from India back to uh, Moscow, and he would entertain them, and obviously he would propagandize them and tell them how wonderful the system was. And by the way, when when they toured, for example, uh, a preschool or a kindergarten or uh, a Russian marriage, these would not be typical Russian marriages that typical Russians would engage in or, or kindergarten or whatever. They would be propaganda venues. In other words, they would be set up to, to give you, you the impression of prosperity and happiness when, in fact, they, they were uh, specifically uh, arranged to make it look as if the Soviet Union was much more prosperous than it really was. But anyway, going back to the alcohol as a control mechanism, his instructions as a KGB propagandist, Sam, was to make sure the, the dignitaries that he brought over to Moscow to propagandize uh, were well uh, liquored up. And of course, for obvious reasons, because you're much more pliable and you're much more susceptible to propaganda when you're in a jovial mood. And, you know, even and when your faculties are Oftentimes, after they apply the wine or the drugs, ladies and gentlemen, then what they do is they get you into a compromising situation so that you're absolutely controllable. Uh, they get you in a situation yes. where, you know, it's women or men or gay or whatever the case may be, to the point where, you know what, you can't really <clears throat> now stand on your own two feet independent and think and believe uh, as you will because they've got the big compromise uh, on you. And this is something yes. really important to understand, right? Because now your family might know. And the alcohol or the drugs kind of is the what, you know, precedes the um, – Ah, precedes the bad acts, right? Most people might not get in those situations, and they might think straight of who they're dealing with. But you know what? When you got alcohol yeah. or when you got these different things, uh, understand they've gone way beyond alcohol now that he talks about. They use all kinds of drugs and rape drugs and this and that and the other and or whatever else. But I'm telling you, they get everybody in these compromised situations where they are absolutely, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Blackmailable? They're, they're controlled. Yeah, blackmailed. They're blackmailed, folks, to the point where, you know what? Most of them cannot speak out. You know, look at Jeffrey Epstein and the Lolita plane and the, the sex island and everything else that Clinton was on. Now we're getting intel and information yeah. on it. Just highlighting that, hey, you know what? You've <laughs> Forget about Clinton, president. Don. You've highlighted a president of the United States that was absolutely compromised to the core, Chris. Well, you know, forget about Bill Clinton. Uh, Donald Trump, according to Ghislaine Maxwell, and I know she may or may not be truthful all the time, um, Donald Trump uh, went over to the, the pedophile island that Jeffrey Epstein controlled. So, I mean, it, when you look at the average president that we've had in our lifetime, Sam, and they have not, I don't, I can't think of any, except maybe Ronald Reagan, who was a paragon of morality. You know, they've all been compromised. You know, so so this has relevance to us today. So, yeah. 
So you want to talk about the Look Magazine article as a control mechanism? Yeah, because remember, folks, this was back in 1967. Understand that's about when we started discovering <clears throat> Operation Mockingbird. Uh, so there's documented yep. 66 ways from Sunday about this subversion that took place. And this former KGB agent comes clean in this incredible interview, backing up the Mockingbird evidence we've already got, folks. Listen up. Chris? Okay, so there, there's a, a news agency. Uh, I think it's still in existence today. It's called Novosti. Uh, it's pronounced Novosti or Novosti. I, uh, they pronounce it Novosti in the interview. So in 1967, to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Bolshevik Revolution, uh, a 10-man crew from Look Magazine, which is an American magazine. I remember as a kid, you know, seeing that in doctor's offices and things. Um, Yuri Bezmenov was attached to a, this group of um, journalists who came over to memorialize in this magazine the 50th anniversary of the Bolshevik Revolution. And he said that uh, from the first page to the last page, it was a package of lies, which was presented to Americans as opinions and deductions of American journalists. And this is where I talk about the Potemkin village effect. Are you familiar with that term, the Potemkin village, Sam? I'm not. I don't want to go too deeply into it. So what a Potemkin village is, you know, to, just to be brief, is a facade. But I, w but I will say, remember, hold on, but I will say, remember, Hillary told you uh -huh. that it takes a village, ladies and gentlemen. So now listen up. Chris, buddy, you're supposed to go. All right, we lost Chris, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll get him back. So I was telling you that it takes a village, right? You got to understand that it takes a village. That's what Hillary pointed out. I wanted to kind of highlight that to put it in perspective. But when they use the family, when they use alcohol and drugs, when they use this Look magazine as a control mechanism, Okay, as an agent for the, um, I think you say it, Novosti News Agency in 1967, um, this Yuri Bezanov guy was attached to a group of writers from Look Magazine from the United States, and they wrote a, quote, 50-year anniversary piece on the Soviet Union, and Bezanov said of this work from that time, from the first page to the last page was a package of lies. So they use the media to absolutely control us. They use alcohol and drugs to get those people to be compromised. They use threat to family as their control mechanisms. It's pure evil. We'll tell you about this village concept in seconds on your radio. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman and Chris Carlson, talking about 
some incredible topics, ladies and gentlemen. We started out talking about Loretta Lynn, rest in peace, and talked about the family values and God-ordained male and female marriage, which she believed in even though she had a tumultuous married life. You know what? They were able to convey American values to some of these people in ways that are refreshing. When asked about the importance of traditional marriage, she says, I'm a Bible girl. Highlighting reality. We're comparing that and contrasting that with this incredible interview that G. Edward Griffin did uh, with this former propagandist for the KGB who defected to the United States named Yuri Benzidoff. I don't know if you know who that is. Benzimov, I think that's how you say it. Anyway, uh, basically, he says as long as we keep propping up the Soviet Union, it will prosper. Yeah, sad but true. We're doing that in America today as we back communism and socialism everywhere. But you know what? Beznov defected because he said, I, you know what? They know too much. And they use the threat to the family as a control mechanism. They use alcohol as a control mechanism. And they used Look Magazine was his example. But it really backs up from a completely separate source about Operation Mockingbird. They've been controlling and manipulating the media for decades, folks. And now we have caught them in court. See, when we talked about Operation Mockingbird, they laughed and mocked and ridiculed and said, oh, my gosh, that's a conspiracy theory. It's not true. But the CIA and the FBI went underground. But this KGB agent documents that he was part of it from the communist side through Look Magazine, folks. Okay, he literally was attached to a group of writers with the magazine, promoted this 50-year promotion of, of propaganda through the Soviet Union and their, quote, success, supposedly. Okay, he documented this in 1967, folks. And he basically talked about how, hey, they wrote a 50-year anniversary piece on the Soviet Union. It was an absolute, complete lie, he says. Well, the mainstream press in America were in bed with this guy and ran with it all. Okay, but folks, let's leave that there for now, because, look, we've documented how the media is in bed with the government and the FBI. It's in court now, coming out in court cases with positive, absolute proof. Even Mark Zuckerberg doubled down and admitted it that Facebook is in bed with the CIA and the FBI on this stuff. Okay, I mean, we're documenting this. It's not it's not brand new news anymore. Americans realize uh, that the uh, media is betraying we the people. Okay, but understand that in America, folks, you think there's these grassroots events happening, you know, grassroots Antifa or grassroots Black Lives Matter or grassroots riding in the streets and people grassroots folks going to the Capitol and just wanting truth and everything else. We go back to this same incredible interview by G. Edward Griffin interviewing this KGB agent to really understand, folks. So Bezanov highlights the facts revolutions are orchestrated from above he says chris there are no such thing as grassroots revolutions yeah he discovered that because in 1970 and this is a little known fact of history but apparently there was a revolution in bangladesh and the american media characterized it as an islamic grassroots revolution well besmanov was right there on the scene and he literally was witnessing freedom fighters pass through India on their way to Bangladesh to supposedly fight in this grassroots revolution. But one thing that he did uh, observe, Sam, was the fact that the Indian police knew about the movement of these freedom fighters into Bangladesh, and they did nothing to stop them, the Indian police. 
Indian intelligence knew about it because as a KGB agent, he was, uh, you know, familiar with, with their goings, uh, going about. And also later on, he found out that even the CIA knew about the movements of these freedom fighters and they did nothing about it. So all of these movements, uh, you know, so-called grassroots movements, uh, he just, he found out the hard way were not actually grassroots movements. They were orchestrated from above and they were facilitated by very powerful financial and political forces. And he goes on to say, there is no such thing as a grassroots revolutionary movement. He says, and this is a quote, any revolution is a byproduct of a highly organized group of conscientious, he uses the word conscientious, but his English is kind of bad. So I substituted conscious and professional organizers, but it has nothing to do with grassroots. Well, conscientious means that they're aware of what they're doing. They're not doing this by mishap. This is orderly. This is planned. This is deceptive. This is subversive. This is intentional. That's what the conscientious part relates to. Uh, He may not be using the word exactly right, but that's the reference point that he's using it from, Chris. Yeah. In fact, one more piece of evidence that I think uh, I should share is, in fact, he told about a colleague. So obviously he has colleagues over there. Uh, in India, where he was working for the KGB. So apparently a college, a colleague discovered in the basement of the Soviet Union consulate in Calcutta, India, boxes that have printed on the surface, Sam, <clears throat> it said, quote, printed matter, unquote. And they were destined for Dhaka University in Dhaka, which is the capital of East Pakistan, where this revolution was, uh, this grassroots revolution, that is, was supposed to have taken place. But when he opened the boxes, he did not discover printed matter. He discovered boxes of AK-47s with ammunition. And that was one of the catalysts when he found out that the Soviet Union through the KGB was sending AK-47s to this so-called grassroots revolution in the capital of Pakistan, East Pakistan. That was one of the catalysts that um, helped him to decide to defect. And that's why I highlighted last hour that it was basically mass murder uh, was in the end of what he was promoting. And see, this is where they silo people. Okay, they do this in the military. They do this in in communist countries. They do this in dictatorships. They don't want you to know the whole story. You just play your little part, your little role. They pat you on the head, pat you on the butt, whatever they do, make you feel like you're part of a grand scheme doing the uh, the Lord's work kind of an idea. But it's a lie, ladies and gentlemen, and that's kind of the problem is he realized that he was being played for a sucker. That wasn't at all what he had signed up for, right? It's important to understand. And he had had enough of a conscience that he realized that, you know, his eternal soul soul would be in jeopardy if he continued uh, along the road that he was working. So he, he grew a conscience or had a conscience from the beginning. I don't know why it didn't kick in earlier, but, you know. Whatever. I mean, we're glad to have him over here as a vector. I don't know if he's still alive or not, but I'm certainly glad for the information that he's imparted because it helps us to see clearly not only what was happening then, Sam, but more importantly, what we are experiencing on a day-to-day basis on a political level here in the United States of America because nothing changes. Human nature does not change over time. We're seeing the same script being played out with just different names, different places, and uh, and I think more cleverly disguised guy, um, 
strategies, to be honest with you. So you want to talk about the phony fall of the Soviet Union? Yeah, I do. I want people to realize that revolutions are orchestrated from above. There are no grassroots revolutions. And I know I've repeated that, but I want you to put that now into the context of the phony fall of the Soviet Union. Joel Skousen, World Affairs Brief, documents this till the cows come home, ladies and gentlemen. That's why it's so important to pay attention to the correct news sources, Chris. Yeah, so this happened in, in within our lifetimes. I was on my uh, LDS mission. I was serving as a Christian missionary in San Diego, California at the time. So I really wasn't um, familiar with a lot of the details because on my mission, my focus was uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I wasn't watching the news, but I, heard, I did hear about it, obviously. But this was uh, 1989 and 1990 that this supposedly occurred. And Joel Skousen, he, he repeats this theme over and over and over again in his World Affairs Brief, that the, the fall of the Soviet Union uh, was a complete and total farce. And he and a, another journalist by the name of Christopher Story um, were, were trying to convey this information uh, to the public at large at the time, but people weren't listening. They literally thought that, that the Soviet Union fell under the weight of its own incompetency. And nothing, nothing, Sam, could be further from the truth. Uh, they did this. They faked it. And there's, we'll go into – there's five pieces of evidence that he gives, and we'll go into this in just a second. But the, the reason, the motivation for faking this fall was to gain Western aid and trade and fool the West into letting their guard down. And that's exactly what we did. We fell for it, hook, line, and thinker. And it's very sad. And he goes on to say, no dictatorship, this is Joel Skousen, he goes on to say, no dictatorship, including communism, has ever voluntarily give up, given up power. It's against human nature. It just stands to reason. Nobody's going to give up power. They'll pretend like they're going to reform, or they'll make excuses, or they'll say, well, it would be a lot worse if this other system were implemented. They'll do anything but everything, but they won't never, ever give up power, Sam. It just never has happened in the history of the world. And then it's because hold Joel, on, and it's because they're evil. It's because they always have the ability to deceive those around them to aid in their cause. All right, let's be very clear. Uh, let me give you an example of North Korea. The only reason North Korea is able to exist the way it is now is, hey, we, the rest of the world, in a, in a, in a way, are deceived into partnering with the dictators. And when anything yeah. goes to these countries in a good effort to try to help the people, it's used against us, and it goes to the leaders to build up the leaders. The leaders never suffer. They can grind the backs of the people and make them slaves. They can do whatever it takes. The leaders never suffer. They just prosper while they grind the face of the poor. But that's how this power-hungry, evil, satanic, tyrannical system works. We've got a whole lot more uh, where there's four stages of this uh subversion tactic that takes place it's psychological but it's it's embedded in their psyche the spirit of the american west is live and well in range magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the american west each issue contains informative articles breathtaking imagery as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 real buckaroo calendar order online from rangemagazine.com Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. 
Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Listen, the phony fall of the Soviet Union has been documented by Joel Skousen and many, many others. This is nothing new. If you haven't heard it, you just need to go on a study about it, ladies and gentlemen. But Joel Skousen's World Affairs Brief is one of the best ways to learn about it. In October 7th, 2022, um, he talks about Russia took communism underground. When they faked the fall in 1989-1990 of the Soviet Union. Uh, Joel was one of only two political scientists in the world to document this grand deception, which now Vladimir Putin now leads. All right. The late Christopher story of the UK is the other example to make the point that Joel Skousen talks about, folks. Now, there are four stages of ideological subversion okay and uh this interview talks about them but i summarized them into one i mean into into a way that i could take notes on them okay understand that only 50 percent of their resources are devoted to spying 85 percent of them are devoted to psychological operations can you see how they subvert at every turn but the four stages are as follows demoralize demoralization destabilization Crisis and normalization. Let me say them again. Demoralization. That was the big push in the 60s. Destabilization. That kicked off with the Gulf War in the 90s. Because we've been at war ever since. Crisis. We are now in a big crisis. COVID. Global warming. Da, 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 da. And then normalization. And interestingly, the big term now is the new normal. Do you see these four stages of absolute 
ideological subversion. It's happening, and it's happening fast on our watch. We're in the final stages of destruction, sadly so. But you know what? Bezanov had a solution. All right? And his solution is very interesting. It's two parts. Chris? Yeah, so the first solution is a national effort of re-education, and those are his words exactly. Let me stop you there and say, a.k.a. we've been on the radio with his education for 25-plus years. Yep. We believe the new media taking center stage is the answer. Listen, if the thugs have to have the media to destroy us, we have to have the media to save us. Do you read me, my fellow Americans? Funding this broadcast is not giving money to Sam Bushman and his family. I've got a day job. You're not giving money to Chris for his family. He's got a day job. When you put your money into this broadcast, what you're doing is giving us the resources to carry on, to tell the tale of truth, to spread the word. We spend the money to get greater audience. I don't need to be popular. The, the, the program's not the Sam Bushman Show. The program is Liberty Roundtable Live because it highlights what we're trying to do, right? And so understand that the mass education effort is critical. That's number one, Chris. Yeah, and the problem is I'm a nobody. I mean, you're a somebody, Sam. I mean, at least you have a microphone on a day-to-day basis, and you're doing what you can, and you do a great job of it. I just wish your audience was as big as Sean Hannity's or Glenn Beck's or Rush Limbaugh's. But you're doing what you can, and the reason yeah. your audience isn't that big is because you're being stifled by the powers that be. Anyway, No go question. On. And remember also, ladies and gentlemen, that I don't care how big my audience is. That's up to the lords. I'm not trying to be a rock star. I'm not interested in being famous. I'm not interested in being rich. I'm not interested in controlling anyone. Okay? And, and so that's uh, the reason that the audience uh, isn't that big also is that, you know what, folks? That is not my agenda. Okay? Remember in the Bible when they were going to go to war? And the Lord kept reducing the size of the army. (laughs) And the mere mortals were going, what are you doing? What? Lord, really? Because we don't see the big picture as God does, right? Okay, I'm just telling you that I'm here to do what God asked me to do. I believe I've been called on a mission to tell the tale of truth, to speak out boldly, nobly, independently for the sacred cause of God, family, and country. That I will do. And you know what? The rest is up to the Lord. If he wants my listenership to be tiny, but he's, but he's preparing the people in his own way, uh, so be it. I don't care, right? So understand, but it's going to take the media. We need a national effort towards education. That effort with Loving Liberty Radio Networks is underway, Chris. Number two. Number two, stop aiding communism. At the time of this interview, this is 1984, you have to remember, and this was during the Ronald Reagan presidency. Remember that great conservative president? We were giving massive amounts of money and grain and other material support to the Soviet Union. That is abject insanity, Sam. Why did we do that under a conservative president, no less? It's crazy. And Well, um, and what we do, we're doing this with North Korea, too. What we do, we also say, listen, we got to make sure they have food for their people and medicine. But they don't give food and medicine to their people. What they do is they betray us, and they take that information, and they build their military-industrial complex. That's what China's been doing as the most favored nation trading status for the past many decades. That's what Russia's yes. doing. On one hand, yes. we claim we're shutting down Russia. We supposedly blow up the oil pipeline. Publicly, we're really against it. But privately, you know what? We are backing Russia right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we, we okay? certainly are. 
So don't believe the lies. And you can go study. You'll see what we're doing for Russia. There's a lot of what we continue to do, even though the war's on. There's certain, quote, untouchables, so to speak. And that's how they keep these, in my opinion, systems that would implode on their own alive. Because free markets can stabilize. Everything is opposite of the four planned agendas to destroy, right? Think about what America does with its free markets. Think about America, what it does with its morality, right? Think about uh, these four ways of um, ideological subversion, folks, and just think about the opposite, okay? I really want you to understand this. Think about the opposite, okay? Demoralization. Well, we're a Christian nation. That's what the moralization of society Okay, without the great pillars of morality and religion, those two great supports, George Washington says we can't make it. Okay, destabilization. We're stable when we have a free market and a moral base. Crisis, we're never in crisis when we follow the supreme law of the land. Normalization, what is normal? The only real normal, in my opinion, is normal with God, family, and country with the principles that engender and embody the sacred cause of liberty and reject tyranny at every turn. Okay, we need a national effort of re-education, and we also need to quit aiding these communisms. When we say communism, though, let's be clear, we mean socialism to any other ism that destroys liberty. Okay, we're not into isms. We're into God, family, and country, my fellow Americans. Uh, but, Chris, this... KGB leader had solutions. Think about that. Back in 1984, he literally was talking about the solutions. So he came yeah. as a defector because he realized the greatest country on the face of the earth was where he wanted to be. He wanted to flee to a place of liberty and freedom. And then he wanted to say, look, guys, you're losing it, and here's how, and here's what you got to do to turn it around. What an incredible example. But we ignored him. Now, hopefully, we'll listen to Chris and his solutions. Chris? Yeah, so and let me just end that last note on what uh, Yuri Bezanov said. He said that if we do this, if we do stop aiding communism, 270 million Soviet Union subjects will thank us. And they would have because the, the collapse really would have occurred. It wouldn't have been fake. It would have been a genuine economic collapse. And maybe they would have gotten real reforms at the time, but they didn't. So my solutions – yeah, so I I thought about, and of course I agreed with the, the two solutions that Yuri Bezmenov offered, but I add to that, stop wasting your time and energy trying to convince the intellectually incorrigible. So I, I've and that's why, Chris, my audience will never be that big. Because you know what? Yes, yes. 90% yes. of society has never cared and never will care. Well, and that's what conservative talk radio has become. It seems like every time I listen to a Glenn Beck or, or a, I know Rush Limbaugh's deceased uh, or a Sean Hannity, they're always trying to convince liberals of how stupid they are. And I think they're, they're, they're basically just preaching this. No liberals listen to their programs, by the way, maybe one or two occasionally. But we need to stop thinking that we're going to convert them over to our side. We're not. These people are incorrigible. And there's a, a video clip. Uh, Yuri Bezmenov talks about how um, how unreformable these people are. Uh, Cameron, do you have that clip ready? 
Oh, we won't. In other words, you don't have time, but we'll play the clip right after the break, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, this interview was so blockbuster at the time, and sadly, Americans didn't even know about it. Yep. Revolutions are orchestrated from above, ladies and gentlemen. Understand that. And understand the fall of the Soviet Union was flat out phony. And understand that people who uh, literally left communism and came to the freedom loving America told the tale of the problem and the solution. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The Democratic-led January 6th committee subpoenaed former President Trump on Friday, a step that is unlikely to compel Trump's testimony before the panel dissolves at the end of the year. The subpoena gives the former president until November 4th to produce documents and sets November 14th as a deposition date. President Biden is addressing the U.S. economy from the White House Friday. The president promotes his accomplishments regarding job creation and economic investment in the United States. Ten million jobs created, a record for any administration at this point in the presidency. 3.5 percent unemployment, 50-year low, 50-year low. 700,000, nearly 700,000 manufacturing jobs created, with companies investing billions of dollars to build industries of the future here in America. Republican critics argue President Biden's economic policies have led to 40-year high inflation and left the United States dependent on other oil-producing countries like Saudi Arabia. The IRS is raising the limit for contributions to your 401k and other retirement plans. The 2023 increase is a record amount with a $22,500 limit into 401ks. That's 2000 more than the current cap. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is earmarking $2 million from the Florida Disaster Fund to help teachers get their lives back together after Hurricane Ian. The funding is going to be awarded through local education foundations, which are charitable groups, in the six hardest-hit counties. So far, about $7 million of disaster fund dollars have been awarded. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, for the first time since May, spoke with his Russian counterpart over the phone Friday. This is USA Radio News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-478-7733. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. 
Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about this incredible, incredible interview uh, related to the phony fall of the Soviet Union. Okay? In this 1984 interview, G. Edward Griffin interviewed this KGB agent that defected to the United States. His name is Yuri Bezanov. Uh, and he really told us the playbook of the communists. And then he pointed out the solution. You got to have a national effort towards education, and you got to quit backing or propping up communism. Now, Chris Carlson's highlighting his solutions, and he's saying, listen, quit wasting time trying to convince people uh, that they're wrong and that, you know, we're right or convince liberals to conservatives or we're wasting our time, is your point, Chris? Yeah, and there are people who are receptive to the information we have to impart, and those are the people we need to seek out. Uh, there are not very many of them anymore because most people have dug in on either one side or the other. But, you know, there are people that are still on the fence, you know, waiting for somebody like you, Sam, or me to come along and say, hey, look what's happening. Let me help you open your eyes. But, you know, don't waste your time on people that have decided that socialism is the answer to all of society's ills, and that's the only solution that we're going to implement. So, and there's a clip, and then Cameron's going to go ahead and play this clip where Yuri Bezmanov explains this. Most of the people Cameron? who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind, even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid of society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of, the, uh, of the United States society. And yet these people have been... Okay. Okay, so you can see there are people that are just ideologically programmed irreversibly, and you cannot... Can, I've dealt with people like this, and they're, they're a waste of your time. I mean, you're just wasting your energy and your time. Forget about those people. You've tried. you failed. They'll have to suffer the consequences of their own decisions eventually. And eventually, they will, whether in this life or in the, the eternal world. You know, worry about yourself, your family, those people who do understand principles of righteousness. You know, and, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about an intellectual and spiritual battle here. So that's my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice, Sam, is to become as independent as possible. In other words, get a food storage. Uh, be prepared to be able to heat your home in the wintertime when societal collapse occurs because eventually it will happen. You know, And I don't mean to be a purveyor of bad news. I just mean to be a purveyor of reality because that's eventually what's going to happen. If you look at the, tra the trajectory, and I know you and Scott Bradley talked about this yesterday, Eventually, it's going to be every man, every family, maybe every community, if you want to use the village analogy, for itself. We're not going to be able to depend upon Washington, D.C. to solve our problems because we're going to be completely and totally cut off. And there's going to be chaos in the streets. 
Do you have firearms? Can you protect your family in, in that extreme situation? So become as independent as possible. And that's an, an entire subject for an entire show. Number three, I encourage people to trust in God and start expecting miracles. A lot of people say it's going to take a miracle for us to extricate ourselves from our problems at this point. And I say, yeah, you're probably right. But I've seen miracles in my own life, Sam. Um, you know, they're very personal to me, but, but I know that God is mindful of his children. So we can start if we're living righteously and we've done everything that we can do. Now, this doesn't mean just sitting around expecting God to take care of us when we're idle and not preparing God will not do for you what you're perfectly capable of doing for yourself. So if you're not storing food, if you're not thinking about contingency plans of what happens when they cut off our, our gas or our electricity, I mean, the, God's not going to fill in our for our laziness. He's going to expect us to do what we can do, and then he'll do the rest. And then finally, number four, remember, this is a test. It's not supposed to be easy. So if, if you know, we're thinking, boy, this is really tough. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to do. Because, you know, tell me a test you've ever taken that was easy. You know, most of my tests in college were not. You know, they're supposed to stretch us. They're supposed to challenge us. They're supposed to help us to grow and to become more uh, faithful and dependent upon God. And uh, we're going to have to do that. And if we pass this test, our reward will be great. And it will be eternal. So, you know, think about the eternal nature of the reward and the relatively short period of time that we are asked to sacrifice. And there's no way that, based on that calculation, that we won't think that it's worth it. So don't weaken under pressure and rationalize acceptance of incorrect political principles. Even if we die in upholding divine principles, Sam, we will find ourselves on the right side of history and on the right hand of God. Whatever it takes to do, this will be well worth the sacrifice and effort. And I say to that, amen. You're right. And Chris, uh, that's uh, your solutions. Those are his solutions. I've got a couple of more to add to it, ladies and gentlemen. Understand that, you know what? It's important to listen to these KGB agents that defect and come to America and actually change. It's important to understand that Saul became Paul. So people can change. Change is vital and important, and repentance is one of the great opportunities and solutions. And it's true that understanding how to prepare, it's understanding to not spend your time on those who won't listen. It's important to understand we got to have education. It's important that we got to quit propping up communism. Those are all important. I agree. But, folks, nothing compares to the promotion of God, family, and country. The more you know about God, the better relationship you have with your Father in Heaven and your elder brother, Jesus Christ, who lived and willingly died and had the ability to rise himself from the dead. His resurrection was just not only about him rising, but about then him saying to you that he has the power to allow you to be resurrected someday as well. Understanding these Christian principles, following the Prince of Peace, Okay, learning to live as Christ lived to the best of our ability. Now, I get that we're not perfect, and, and, and you know, I'm not trying to say that we are equal to Christ. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he said, come follow me. What he said is keep my commandments. What he said is if ye follow me, I will give ye rest. 
He says in the Bible, if you repent and do what I ask you to do, have faith and repent and get baptized and these things, then he says, you know what? I will heal your land and I will protect you. Incredible promises from the Savior, Jesus Christ. So understand that nothing is more important than learning to follow the Prince of Peace, gaining a testimony of Jesus Christ and his central mission in God's plan for all of us. And understand that, you know what, that central mission that the Savior Jesus Christ uh, played the role of is the key to liberty. Remember, the author of liberty is God. The author of tyranny is Satan. And understand that God is the key. Without those moral and religious two supports that George Washington spoke of, we cannot and will not ever be free. Do you read me? The second fundamental unit of society is the family. Understand that we must have God-ordained traditional families. Yes, if your family's fallen apart because of uh, things beyond your control, it's good to reach out and make your own family from your church congregation, from your neighbors. By all means, I'm not downing that in any way or saying that that doesn't count. That does count. But understanding that the fundamental unit of society is the God-ordained family with a husband and a wife, a male and a female, at the head, who love and stand side by side together, who love one another, who then willingly invite children into that relationship and teach them the principles of God, family, and country as well. That's how the next generations, listen carefully, become moral, right? That's how the latest generations uh, avoid these four principles, all right, to destroy, right? Four stages of ideological subversion. Demoralization. Well, if you have God and family, you're moral. Destabilization. The most stable environment is a God-ordained family. Crisis. You're not in crisis when you're stable, when you're moral, when you're religious. And normalization. The only normal is God's normal. Jettison the lies of the new normal. When we get back, I've got a couple of modern examples to hammer home the point. This isn't yesteryear data. This is happening right now. And we'll tell you about it on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's buckaroo calendar order online from rangemagazine.com loving liberty network salutes the spirit of the american west at rangemagazine.com i think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since i was little i was taught that smoking was wrong recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as long as we back up and promote communism and socialism, we're going to have more of it. But I'm telling you, the answer is God, family, and country. And so on the country note, you know what? The supreme law of the land is the answer. The checks and balances that our founding fathers bled and died for need to absolutely be restored. You know what? We don't need to write a better mousetrap. We don't need to bring a new information or a new idea or a new suggestion to the table. We need the time-tested truths over a couple of hundred years proving that it works. Believe it or not, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America already has that. Now, let me bring this reality that Bezanov talks about to modern day. All right, Tony Bobulinski just had an interview with Tucker Carlson not too long ago. And he confirmed allegations made by FBI whistleblowers that that they suppressed the investigation into Hunter Biden's laptop, folks. FBI officials worried the Bureau might cost Joe Biden the 2020 election. Should the American people learn the truth about Joe and Hunter? Well, they're afraid that, hey, you know what? Joe might have lost the election. Daily Patriot tells us about that, okay? But this incredible interview from Tucker Carlson. Uh, You really have uh, this guy, Tony Bobulinski, that used to be, uh, you know, involved with Hunter as a partner. He literally says, look, we're in bed with these governments. We're in bed with these foreign powers. We've been compromised. And it goes all the way to Joe. It's not just Hunter. It's not drug-addicted you know, looking for porn hunter. It's Joe as vice president and now as president, okay? And we get second-hand information. Remember, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. That's what they say in the Bible. Well, that's what they want you to do in the media, too, is double and triple your sources, right? Well, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg also told podcast host Joe Rogan that the FBI pressured his platform to censor news about the Hunter Biden laptop, claiming it was, quote, Russian disinformation. No. See, they're in bed with the Russians. It looks like, ladies and gentlemen, the facts are the FBI ran a coordinated operation to meddle meddle in the 2020 elections and rig it for Joe Biden. All right, the New York Times now calling for foreign invention, foreign intervention into the U.S. elections via the United Nations. 
All right. This is psychotic, folks. Now the Pentagon literally promoting paying for abortions. All right. Yeah. Access to abortion has become a central issue, and even Republicans are afraid to stand for pro-life. The whole purpose of government is life. All right. Now they say the China military catching up to the United States could invade Taiwan soon. They say COVID shots becoming part of the childhood vaccination schedule. The CDC is willing to play vaccination Russian roulette with the children. Senator Rand Paul literally says that our government has decided that the unlimited power is in effect as long as they declare an emergency. Joe Biden just extended his emergency, even though he said, hey, the COVID's over. He extended the emergency powers control via, hey, we got to worry about COVID still, folks. Um, You know what? When can a president declare a national emergency? Never. We talked about this yesterday on the show in great detail. The National Emergencies Act, NEA, is absolutely bogus. The writ of habeas corpus cannot be suspended, except for very few circumstances, okay? In cases of rebellion or invasion. We've never had a situation in America where we really needed to suspend habeas corpus, but we call it as national emergency so we can manipulate it and play games with it. Congress without authority, folks, has dishonestly, unconstitutionally delegated all these powers to the president. It's criminal. James Madison on tyranny and Federalist Paper number 47 talked about the accumulation of all powers, legislative, executive, and judiciary. You know what? Whether they're in the same hands, never it be one or a few, no matter how it is, it smacks a tyranny. All right, Gavin Newsom literally citing a bill to punish doctors for going against the deep state's narrative. Elon Musk going to let go of all these Twitter people. Folks, you're not going to get to the truth of these people. Hey, you're not. And even if you think Elon Musk and Donald Trump and, and you know some of these guys are going to tell you the truth, you know what? They tell you the truth enough to keep you on their Titanic. They don't tell you enough truth to set you free, Chris. And you know what? That's just proof that this demoralization process that they're perpetrating against us has been effective because I don't think any of those things that you mentioned for the last five minutes that you've been talking, Sam, would have occurred in the 1950s. I don't think the, the populace would have allowed it. We would have voted third party and gotten rid of the Republicans and the Democrats, the name brand political parties, because we, we were a moral society. We didn't have this clouded vision of what, what's right and what's wrong. But, you know, just like you said, starting in the 1960s, and my parents were a big part of that. We, we, we made one fateful decision, and that fateful decision, Sam, and I, I dwell on this a lot, was that we can have sexual relationships with people outside of the bonds of marriage and sexual relations with whomever we choose. Uh, whether that be, um, you know, members of the, the, the same sex. And even there are people in uh, nationally recognized journals that are promoting sexual relations with children nowadays. And that's appropriate. They, there's a euphemism. I can't remember what it's called. And if that doesn't cloud our moral perception, I don't know what does. And we're seeing the fruits thereof uh, in, in the fact that we cannot, we, don't, we cannot muster the spiritual and moral courage to oppose these trends in society. And we're just going along and saying, oh my, I wish we could do something about it. No, we can, we can speak out and by goodness, don't vote for a Republican or Democrat ever again. 
that's what's getting into, in, us into these problems because obviously the, both of those political parties are being completely and totally controlled by money and by blackmail. Anyway, I don't know if that's the tangent you wanted me to go off. No, on, it's but. a great it's a great focus on what's really relevant here, ladies and gentlemen. Understand that not only do we believe that you can have sex with anybody anytime, self gratification, uh, forget God's law. You know, if it feels good, do it. Uh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Any euphemism that highlights this reality uh, is the problem. We also though believe that marriage isn't really that important. It's like, hey, we get married because it's convenient. But, uh, hey, things aren't working out well, just yeet the spouse. Uh, you know, we just don't get along. Irreconcilable, irreconcilable differences. You know, we go on and on and on and try to act like there's no blame. We try to change words. You know, divorce used to be something that people did if they had to, but, man, they sure weren't proud of it. Now it's like divorce is almost a badge of honor. Same with having babies out of wedlock. It used to be like, hey, send her away to have this baby, put it up for adoption, and bring her back and don't tell anybody. Now, I'm not saying we should treat people like that necessarily, but we've gone too far. The pendulum has swung too far the other direction. Now she's like, hey, I'm having a baby. I'm 16 years old. I'm going to keep the baby. I'm proud of my baby. I love my baby. Well, that's good to be proud of your child and love your child, but it's not good to celebrate it out of wedlock. It's not good for these children to be raised uh, by single mothers. Now, I'm not attacking single mothers. Uh because in many ways they do their best. In many ways they're heroes. I get it. But I'm saying it's a broken family scenario that is not optimal. Even when they do their best and even when they overcome these incredible odds. Even when it's not their fault. Even when mistakes are made. I get all those things. But I also get that we've somehow changed in America now to where it's almost like you're a, you mean you have a husband to hold you down? <laughs> what does he want to do? Try to keep you in bed? Uh, keep you in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant what you know and we go down these roads to where man oh you got a minivan wow you're a weirdo you must have kid a bunch of kids you're man don't you know how to leave her alone you know what's the matter with you and we've now literally changed what is normal and anything good virtuous lovely you know all these things uh, are ridiculed and mocked and kind of like what the heck and anything wrong Anything that's a mistake is now glorified. Dad's a bumbling idiot on all the TV shows. Mom's just held back by the husband, the ball and chain. Okay, and we have we've normalized these things and created a crisis in the country. Oh, isn't that two of the exact points that this Russian leader that defected to America and was so incensed because of moral uh, problems that he said, "I cannot take it." He, it so he leaves he tells us the solutions okay look this moral decay is a problem this crisis that comes from moral decay uh, is a problem we have got to really think about and focus on the opposites of the points he made the very points that can take down society ladies and gentlemen are the very principles that must be used to restore so when we say demoralization, the answer is morality in the people, religion and morality. Destabilization, the answer is stable because we believe in God and we're in families in a country that is stable based on fundamental principles. In the country level, it's avoiding foreign entanglements. That's what creates stability. Um, crisis, you know what? You're only in crisis when you turn against God. When you obey God's principles, you know what? There's difficult times, but there are no crises like we're talking about today. And then normalization. We need to make popular that which is good, 
and reject all those things that tear down society. And until we do as a people, uh, we're headed for the cliff like lemmings, my fellow Americans. We really are. And we don't mean this to be a negative conversation. We mean to really wake us up, wake us up to the sense of our awful state, but at the same time then point the way to solution. Point the way to hope, point the way to faith, point the way to action that makes a difference. Chris, the final word's yours, sir. And it is our obligation to do that. As degenerate as the situation may seem in our eyes, we can never give up. And I've used the analogy before, and I'm going to use it again, Sam, because I think it's apropos to what we are experiencing. If I was on a beach and I had foreknowledge of a tsunami that was headed for shore, and I knew that my warning would go unheeded. I would still warn the people of that tsunami because if I didn't, then their blood would be on my hands. But by warning them, now I put their blood on their hands if they choose to ignore me. So I'm going to continue to preach the gospel of freedom, prosperity, constitution, the word of God. All of those things are all part and parcel and part of the same program. And if people choose to, if, if I preach to, to deaf ears for the rest of my natural life, Sam, I will still consider my life a success because I did not shun my obligation, my duty to God to warn the people of what is obviously going to come. And um, Your typical outro is uh, appropriate right about now, Chris. Typical outro, yes, sir, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight, Sam. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere, continuing our duty, sir. Folks, there you have it, man. Two hours of hard-hitting talk in the can. Bringing back, what, 1984? That's more than 30 years ago, right? Bringing back words of wisdom from somebody who lived under tyranny and advocated for communism. Who God turned kind of a Saul into Paul with this guy. And he became a liberty-loving American, defected to America, and told us the con game, exposed it, gave us the playbook, and then told us how we can beat it. Isn't that a positive message? And then Sam and Chris bringing it to modern day in a very functional way to get you involved in the solutions as well. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live Solutions Radio. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.